joined today. Welcome back to part two of our discussion on adverse childhood experiences, also known as ACEs. We are joined today by two leading experts in adverse childhood experiences, Dr. Nadine Burke-Harris, a pediatrician and expert on adverse childhood experiences and the former Surgeon General of California, and Jackie Tu Huang Wong, the Executive Director of First Five California. In our previous episode, we talked about what ACEs are, the studies that looked at adverse childhood experiences or ACEs, and how ACEs affect our own physiology and how toxic stress, that response when we're constantly like kind of um, in a trauma response, can lead to adverse health outcomes. In today's episode, we're going to talk really importantly about what we can do as parents, as friends, as community members to ensure that all kids get a strong start and how we can mitigate some of the effects of adverse childhood experiences. Welcome to Kids Considered, where two pediatricians discuss children's health topics of interest to parents in a podcast with new subjects considered every episode. I'm Dr. Lena Vanderlist. And I'm Dr. Dean Blumberg. And we're both pediatricians at UC Davis Children's Hospital in Sacramento, California. So Jackie, I wanted to talk to you a little bit more. I know you mentioned in the previous segment about the intergenerational transfer of toxic stress and ACEs. And, you know, this is something I would say this is why I love being a pediatrician. A lot of people are like, I would never go into pediatrics because you have to work with the families (laughs) or you have to deal with the parents. Like that's a negative. Like that's a negative, right? But for me, I'm like, that's like why I do it. If anyone is ever going to make a positive change in their life, it's for their kid. I've seen it so many times and it is what constantly gives me like motivation to do this work. And this is why I think your campaign and really first five in general, not just the Stronger Starts campaign is so powerful in that you give families the tools to do this. But I was hoping you could talk a little bit more about like stopping that intergenerational transfer of toxic stress. Like first, is it possible? And second, like what are some of the recommendations you have to make sure that that parents don't pass this along to their children? I see this in terms of really educating the community and parents and the awareness. That's why this is an education campaign, knowing that you're not alone, right? The first step is knowing what is toxic stress? What is ACEs? It's what happened to you. It's not actually how you are defined, right? And you can heal from that. That is the the first and foremost. It's like, okay, first, do we understand? Do we have an understanding of what that is? And we have specific, you know, interventions on our website, but really specifically, it's, it's in four broad categories that are rooted actually in the five protective factors that we support that parents are nurturing and, you know, attached to their children, right? There's like sound knowledge about child and youth development, um, supporting parental resilience, right? The social connections, I would say, between parent, caregiver, and child and other community members. You mentioned nieces and caregivers and educators, right? Understanding the importance of social connectedness. And the fifth is social emotional learning, teaching children and I would say adults, really understanding what you're feeling, right? There's the science of it, but there is an actual physiological feeling that happens to us that a lot of people haven't been given the opportunity to really understand what am I feeling in this moment? So to really 
take control, if you will, about your, you know, in regards to your responses. And the interventions we have are really just straightforward. Be calm. Like, let's step back. Let's assess, right? Be steady. Be consistent. And then third, just be there and be present when this is happening. In my training, one of the things when working with children in the child welfare system, sometimes they just want to be held. You don't have to say anything. You just have to be there, right, and, and support them physically, like, like hugging and holding them in a loving way, which is connected to the fourth kind of bucket that we have on our website, be nurturing, right, talking, reading, singing from our last campaign. That is all part of this. It is a, the evolution of Talk, Read, Sing, where we actually talk to people about brain development, and now this is okay. Now we have the opportunity to understand ACEs and the impact of the toxic stress response. Dr. Burke Harris, you accepted the position as the Surgeon General of California in 2019, and really, who knew what would come next, which none of us knew that COVID was on the horizon. And really, this is the largest and most disruptive healthcare crisis in our lifetime. And hopefully, you know, there won't be another one like that. How did the COVID pandemic really change your work around ACEs with all the social distancing, the isolation? Um, and how did it change the early intervention? Schools were closed and kids didn't have, you know, other areas, other areas of resilience that they could rely on. The pandemic did a couple of things. And when I came in as State Surgeon General, one of the first things that I did was we actually launched a program to train healthcare providers on how to screen for ACEs because this was an issue pre-pandemic. We actually launched that in January of 2020. And then we all know what happened after that. And there was a moment at the onset of the pandemic where I was looking around the room and my my team looked at me and they said, you know, wait, do we need to put this on pause? I said, no. With this pandemic, the fact that kids are no longer connected to a lot of the people and spaces that had been those safe, stable, nurturing relationships and environments for them, the coaches, you know, the clergy or the, you know, the rabbi, whoever it was. And the fact that so many parents and caregivers are going through such extraordinary levels of stress, financial stress, healthcare stress, losing loved ones, all of these things means that understanding ACEs and toxic stress is more important now than ever before. And so what it did was it created a much greater urgency, but it also made the resources much more difficult. And this is, in my mind, a really big part of the reason for the development of the Stronger Starts campaign, because what we really recognized is that arming people with information, helping families find the one, understanding how these stressors may be affecting their well-being, their kids' well-being. But then, and this is the thing that I think is so important about Stronger Starts, it's around helping families get connected to the resources that are available at their fingertips. So it's that combination between information and support in terms of resources that are widely available And then also recognizing that a big part of the response is really creating an ecosystem of support. So even, you know, during during COVID where we had to be physically distanced or away from each other, 
you know, what are the resources that we have in terms of just like doing a Zoom or a FaceTime with a family member or going for a walk outside in the park or something like that and how these things can really help to to reduce our stress hormones and uh, improve our health and well-being. Absolutely. I'm happy that you mentioned the initial ACE Aware campaign. And I mean, I think, you know, that was not something that we were doing in the office screening for adverse childhood experiences before you took that position. And now, you know, at certain ages, you bring your newborn baby in, you're going to get a screener to talk about those things. And so definitely at our clinic, we're using this, we call it the Pearls, the Pediatric ACEs and Life Events Screener. So for parents who are listening to this, this might be something that's relatively new to you when you come in and, you know, you always get all of this paperwork at your kids' visits that are like asking you about, you know, did you turn your water heater down? <laughs> and like, do you have an age-appropriate car seat? Um, but this is going to be a new screen. And for some families, it might be, you know, a little unusual to them. And I've had conversations with parents that are like, why do you need to know this information? Or some that are like, this is so great that you're doing this. So I'm wondering how you explain those screeners to families, um, why we're doing them in the office. And I think we've talked about that a lot. And, And just kind of like what your conversation would be in the office with a parent that received one of those. Yeah, I've been screening for ACEs since 2008. So, so I've had a so lot, a lot of these conversations with parents. And the first thing that's really important is helping families understand, like, why are we doing this? Right. So I say, hey, you know, like new science is telling us that exposure to these experiences can actually affect kids health and development. And it can lead to the increased risk of different health conditions like asthma or learning difficulties. So now we screen everyone. And that's one of the things that is, I think, really important and then can also be reassuring uh, to families is like, hey, we're not we're not looking at you being like, hmm, maybe we should give them the screener. Like we recognize that this is a public health issue and we screen everyone. And the purpose is because. The research really shows that the earlier we intervene, the better outcomes are, right? And so the goal of doing this screening is identifying so that we can provide the supports and resources to actually reduce your child's health risk. You know, one of the things that I say is that when uh, families complete the screen, I say, you know, even if none of these issues is an issue for your family right now, please know that if this ever comes up in the future or you find yourself at a later time being concerned about any of these things, this is a place that you can come for resources. So if you're lucky enough to have Dr. Lena as your pediatrician and she's reviewing the screening tool for patients she's seen and she comes around with a score of six, are there effective strategies or interventions that parents and providers can implement to support children who've really experienced these um, adverse childhood experiences? There are a a number of things. One of the most important things is um, this education and resources for families. I'll give an example. One of the most important things that happens in the doctor's office in response to the ACE score is, for example, I had a patient who was a three-year-old girl who had failure to thrive, so she wasn't growing normally. And her previous pediatrician was doing the number one treatment for failure to thrive, which is nutritional supplementation, right? Pediasure. But her previous pediatrician had not been screening for ACEs. 
Well, this three-year-old actually did have, in, in fact, seven ACEs. And what we did was, even though this child didn't have any behavioral issues, I actually prescribed an intervention called child-parent psychotherapy. And because this little one was three, child-parent psychotherapy is one of the best treatments where the therapy includes both the parent and the child. And it's really helping the parent to understand, number one, how to provide that safe, stable, and nurturing relationship and environment for that child. And also, usually there's a component around recognizing if the parent has ACEs, you know, how to prevent that intergenerational transmission. And what's fascinating was just adding that piece of not just nutritional supplementation, I continue that, but also adding the child-parent psychotherapy, that child went from not growing to getting back on the growth curve. Previously, many people would think, why would you refer a child to therapy if they're not having behavioral problems? And recognizing that having that support was really important in helping this little girl, her body was making a lot of stress hormones, and it was really helping to teach her mom and work with the family to understand how to reduce the amount of stress hormones that this child's body was making that would allow her to be able to grow again. And it was really effective. Thank you for that example. It just reminds me that, you know, oftentimes we look to treat a symptom, you know, as you mentioned, and we don't look for the underlying cause. I mean, kids have fevers. You can treat the fevers by, like, you know, giving an antipyretic, Tylenol, acetaminophen, or aspirin, or Motrin, or something. But that doesn't get rid of the underlying cause. You have to look for that. And it, so many other aspects of our life, it's easy to just look at the the symptom of why someone or something isn't behaving the right way, the way that you would expect, and to just treat that without digging a little bit deeper and trying to figure out how to address the root cause of that. Dr. Dean, can I also add, like in addition to talking to your physician about referral, is that outside of that, there are local partnerships. We know this, like with the local first fives, community-based organizations, right, that that support the home visiting that are connected to the physician's office, right? Family resource centers. Again, these are things that are actually in community. It is the ecosystem. Right, it's just not just one thing. It's actually all the things that support um, the healing, the buffering against ACEs too. Thank you, Jackie, for mentioning some of those resources. Do you want to highlight any other resources? For example, you have on the First Five website. So if you go to firstfive.com, we have a find help section that pulls down a number of interventions and supports. And so if you go there, it's like a one-stop shop. Um, Again, first and foremost, the landing page is understanding um, ACEs and toxic stress, right? And what we can do. And I always kind of lift up my Angelo's uh, quote is like, when you know better, you do better. So, Jackie, can you think of three things that you'd really like to highlight for parents to do with their young children, you know, every day or just to keep in mind to really help them get a strong start and prevent toxic stress? Yeah, to create those safe, stable, nurturing relationships. Be calm, be steady, be present, and be nurturing. And know that the tools are at your fingertips. I think that is the most important part If we about the Stronger Starts campaign is bringing that awareness and know that you can do something in that moment. Be calm, be steady, be present, and just be nurturing to yourself, which then translates to your child. 
And I want to pose that same question to you, Dr. Burke-Harris. Ooh, I'm going to go back and say self-care isn't selfish and kind of reiterate what Jackie was saying. I think as parents and caregivers, recognizing our own ACEs or other risk factors for toxic stress or just even our everyday stressors and how they impact us. And one of the things I think that's really important is that ecosystem of support is not just for our kids, right? We need it as well. So that piece, I think, is really, really critically important. And uh, just tuning in and being that safe, stable, and nurturing relationship for our kids is so critically important. I know that your goal for the ACE Aware initiative um, was to cut ACEs and toxic stress in half in one generation, right? So I want to ask you, as we kind of come towards the end of our interview, how you think we're doing with this and what are the biggest barriers that are still in place to address this as we move forward? Oh, yeah. You know, I set that bold goal as California Surgeon General uh, pre-pandemic. So it's been um, really challenging. But honestly, I think that we are making incredible progress. You know, in California, we have more healthcare providers that are trained in screening for ACEs and who have learned about the resources of how to, you know, address the toxic stress response. And so that's incredibly important. I'm excited about that. And then now with the Stronger Starts campaign, we have more and more folks who are driving down the street and seeing the billboard and understanding, you know, what are ACEs, what is toxic stress, and also what are the resources and what we can do about it. And that is exactly what we need in order to be able to cut ACEs and toxic stress in half in one generation. I think you asked earlier about whether we really can, you know, break that intergenerational cycle. And there have been so many times where I've gone somewhere or, you know, spoken at a conference or been somewhere with with families. And the number of folks who have run up to me and said, you know, Dr. Burke Harris, my score is a nine, but my kids are a three. There's so many people right now who are being empowered and learning how to do that. And I'm just so thrilled that First Five California is doing this important work to make sure that all parents, caregivers, people in California have this resource and this knowledge. Jackie, I really wanted to ask you how you think that we can um, encourage our listeners and other medical providers as well to continue to raise awareness about this and advocate for policies and practices that continue to promote this resilience. On the policy level, look at, you know, public policy, like who is actually um, lifting up and supporting universal ACEs screening, right? And, and and sharing your voice and your story, if you will, about the impact of, I, I love Dr. Rick Harris's story, is that even though I'm a nine, my children are a three. Right. Like that is the that's the power when when people begin to share those stories, policymakers, stakeholders, um, those who have influence hear that and go, okay, we need to do something with this and we can and we will. And I wholeheartedly believe that in a generation we will address this. We've been talking a lot about First Five California, but I also wanted to ask Jackie, are there other organizations in other states and or even other other countries or uh, do others have similar resources? 
We have partners at the Office of the Surgeon General. We have the governor, the Department of Healthcare Services. We have a huge $4.7 billion investment in children uh, behavioral youth, you know, the youth initiative. And we are all working in, in concert with one another here in California. And I, I'm a little biased because I'm a Californian, but I feel like we have an abundance and a, a state-level response due to kind of the ACEs Aware campaign and the numbers story. And that was the launching point and then building and capitalizing on the trauma of the pandemic. California is certainly a leader nationally and globally. The National Governors Association actually has a working group on adverse childhood experiences and is working. There are quite a number of states that are implementing similar initiatives. Nothing to this extent. There's no other state that has made an investment in a public awareness campaign like the Stronger Starts campaign. First Five California is really leading the nation with that. But around the world, there are more and more places where people are looking to make investments on preventing early detection, screening, and treatment. Yeah, so Dr. Burke Harris and Jackie, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us about ACEs and First Five California and how to ensure that every child gets a strong start. Like we mentioned on our website, we will link resources about adverse childhood experiences and toxic stress so that you can check them out. That wraps up this episode of Kids Considered. You can find more information on our website, kidsconsidered.ucdavis.edu. Follow us on Twitter at Kids Considered. And Instagram at Kids Considered. If you have feedback on this show or topics you would like us to discuss in the future, we would love to hear from you. Please call us. Our number is 916-915-3388. Or email us at kidsconsidered at gmail.com. Please rate us on iTunes or wherever you subscribe to your podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we hope you will join us for our next podcast. Kids Considered is sponsored by UC Davis Children's Hospital. 